0: Yeah. Bit raps like a heart attack. Fast fatal heart impacts. Past painful starts. In fact, I blast tasteful lost and past. I back up my actions. Fact, don't ask. Grab reactions. Jacked attack with every word. Then act with clash as they hear me snap. I got nothing to lose. Cause I fought and felt the bruise. Now I'm not the one confused. Call the shots and they produce. I ain't lost, I'm finally loose. Pick a new silver excuse. I need the views to boost me through a new abuse of being used. Everybody wants a peace now. you rest in peace now. You're dead to me, so peace out. Remember, you're just freaked out. Keep ready for defeat now. I'm gonna make you bleed out Listen, don't repeat now and read out all the week now Get up and make a change Don't remember yesterday If you got something to say Speak your mind before your are great Cause your life is just the same Ain't nobody gonna change Everybody stays the same So be different, make a name
1: huh? Hello and welcome into the University Podcast It is Tuesday, the 22nd of February, 2022 um, Literally... TWO Tuesday, Um, and we're back. Um, Obviously, we took a little hiatus during the season, but it's time to bring back the university because we have a lot of rookies to talk about. Um, If you know me, you know I love the NFL draft, so we're going to be talking about the draft up until then, and then after that, we're going to kind of switch into that college fantasy kind of Debbie stuff once again, um, get back onto that. Um, So obviously, starting with rookies, there's one guy that I had to have come on today, and that is the one and only Blake A. Hampton. You can find him on Twitter, at Blake A. Hampton. He is um, one of the members of the Undroppables. He goes back a long way. Um, he used to be here. Like this podcast, he took a hiatus, and now he's back. Um, how are you doing today, Blake? I'm good, man. How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just I just have one question for you. Blake?
0: What? Do you want to go to war, Balake? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. Do you want to go to war, Balake? I mean, I don't know if I'm really looking for war. Uh, it, it's, it's funny. You know, my profile picture on Twitter is Balake from that skit. My name has never been the same since that skit came out. But I actually have had people ask me if that's actually me. It, on In Twitter DMs, I've had people reach out and ask if that is actually me in the profile picture. So...
1: I, I think it makes sense. It, it, I don't my know life has never that. been
0: the same since that, since that skit's been put out. My name's never been the same. Life's never been the same.
1: I don't know if you saw it, but I used it for the YouTube thumbnail too. So I Oh, no, I didn't sure. actually. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm, I'm propagating it further. <laughs> well, obviously, Blake is our head of analytics at The Undroppables. So, um, if we're going to be talking rookies with Blake, we're obviously going to be talking about them analytically. Um, and today we're going to be talking about wide receivers and running backs. Um, that's obviously, you know, those are where the models really work, right? I mean, quarterback, whole nother crapshoot. Um, it's crazy. Tight ends, just not fun. So,
0: yeah. Qu- quarterback, I mean, the day I figure out the quarterback model will be quite the day because. Oh, that's the day you're at NFL GM. Uh, Jacob Sanderson over at Roto Underworld recently put out a chart that they're pretty much anyone who's drafted in the first round is guaranteed three years, but the likelihood that they're a QB one like three times in their career is very unlikely. So, I mean, quarterbacks are just a mess to try and figure out.
1: Yeah. I mean, the day you figure out that model, I mean, Vikings (laughs) calling you. Chiefs calling you like right. once Mahomes is gone, they're going to need another guy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll start with wide receivers. I mean, if there was like one position that feels like it's the most found out, it's wide receiver. Right. Um, so what goes into your process for evaluating a wide receiver?
0: So I think some of the more modern stats that people are looking at are the yards per team pass attempt for wide receivers. I think that's kind of become, in the analytics community, a little more adopted is a really good way to view a wide receiver prospect. And for those that aren't um, familiar with it, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, how how many yards a player gets uh, in comparison to the total pass attempts of the team. So the higher their yards per team pass attempt is, the more uh, they are involved in the offense, the more that they are Uh, hogging a large share of the team's offense. And that typically means that they are a good player. Um, But what I do is I actually break it down into three different components. Uh, I like looking and adjusting that number uh, for age. Uh, So I'll adjust a number, uh, their productivity based on the age that they're at when they produce those numbers. I will do it a conference adjusted. Uh, so that way you can look at it essentially from a conference average yards per team attempt. So you're taking their number divided by average of conference adjust or the conference yards per team attempt. And then I'm also looking at it based on team adjusted. Uh, so how they do comparatively to the rest of their team. Uh, when you're, you're looking at the players, you know, we'll talk about Garrett Wilson in a little bit, but when he's going up against a lot better talent in terms of who he's, competing with for targets you can make that sort of adjustments for uh their yards per team attempts as well
1: so what do you think about Mm -hmm. things like you know size and speed because obviously we had this whole debate last season with Devonta Smith like Mm -hmm. oh he's 200 pounds soaking wet he's never going to succeed whatever um do you find that that's true or that's false or what
0: yeah, so it's kind of interesting because if you look at it purely from a does size have any correlation to success, or does speed have any correlation to success uh, for players? Uh, the answer really is no. They, they're, they have a really low correlation between athletic measurables and success in the NFL. However, you can't discount that if you're looking for comps and you're looking for players who you know, what is the roadmap for this player to succeed? If there are very few players, you can't really necessarily feel confident in someone with a certain size and uh, weight to succeed. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the case, but then they technically become an outlier because we do have a lot of wide receivers who have entered the NFL. Uh, They become an outlier at that point, and it's really hard to bet on outliers to succeed. So I wouldn't say that there's a hard and fast analytical, hey, uh, these sort of athletic measurables do relate to success, but it does make for good comps that you're not betting on a outlier at that point to succeed.
1: Absolutely. That totally makes sense. Um, And now we can go ahead and jump straight into the actual guys themselves. And now that we know kind of what's going on behind the curtain Um, and you showed me your, uh, what the model spit out, basically, today. Um, Traylon Burks, no, no surprise here. He was the top guy. Um, I mean, this is a guy who had a 41.76% weighted dominator last season. 3.52 receiving yards for team pass attempt. Just absolutely dominated Arkansas. What makes him so special?
0: Yeah, man. So, I mean, as you said, there's a lot to love here. Um, when looking at it from the different breakdowns that I talked about, conference, age, and team adjusted. So he actually had a 1.09 team average. So adjusting for the rest of his team. So 1.09 receiving yards per team pass attempt, team adjusted. Uh, That is a 96th percentile score compared to everyone who's entered the NFL drafts at this point. That is very high. Uh, in terms of conference uh, adjusted, he has 0.71 uh, receiving yards per team pass attempt. That's an 89th percentile. Uh, for Adjusting for age, 0.49 receiving yards per team pass attempt. That's a 93rd percentile. Right now, he is projected to go in the first round. Uh, some people consider him maybe one of the first ones off the board. I think he'll probably be closer to second or third, but I still think he'll be a first round pick. If you want to take those percentiles with a first round draft pick, his comparables are Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews, Allen Robinson, Hakeem Nix, and Sidney Rice. Uh, so that is a pretty good group of players to be considered in, in terms of a prospect uh, coming into the NFL.
1: I am attracted. Yeah. Um, for the PG version.
0: Are, are you, are, are, are you as big of a fan on Trey Lumberg's to see your number one right now?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, well, I shouldn't say, oh, for sure, because Garrett Wilson, pretty darn good. Right. So, like, yes, but eh, he's not in a tier by himself. I think it's fair to say he's, you know, the best wide receiver, and it's pro- possibly fair to say he's the 1.01 and a non super flex. Yeah. But I don't think it's fair to say it. it's like, like it's a runaway, like some people want to say.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of film people who seem to have some concern too. I don't I don't know and I mean, I, I feel like you're doing gymnastics at this point if you don't have him at the 101. I could I, I see some people having Drake London as well and actually, I like Drake London a lot. But in terms of kind of diving into all this, you know, un, unless there's a uh, film breakdown that has some concern on him, I mean, I don't see how he's not the number one for people in terms for fantasy football perspective definitely
1: yeah i mean all i've really heard is like issues with press uh not lining up outside a lot and i mean that's fair but we've seen guys like that that have that issue succeed immensely in recent years whether it be like justin jefferson we were concerned because he only played in the slot and now he's killing it outside obviously different types of receivers but you know, production happens because players are good, yeah. usually.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then you just said you love Drake London. So we'll move over there because this guy was number two in the model you sent me today. Um, 30.89% weighted Dom, 2.17 receiving yards per team pass attempt last season. Obviously uh, injured midway through the year, so not able to, like, put together a full season sort of stats. But um, how do you break down Drake London?
0: Yeah, man. So really, the only numbers that aren't, so, so all of his uh, conference adjusted yards per team attempt and his age average adjusted yards per team attempt are both above the 90th percentile mark. For conference adjusted, 91 percentile mark. And you can make the case when you're looking at those numbers, uh, looking at your conference strength. So you may consider the Pac-12 just not as strong of a conference when you're looking at that. Um, I, it it doesn't matter to me much. I'm still looking at this in terms of he's playing the competition he has. So having a 91st percentile in that conference adjusted is still impressive to me, regardless of the conference you're playing in. Um, and then also with the age adjusted, having a a 0.51 yards per team attempt in the 94th percentile is a really good number. Uh, the number that is starting to kind of dip below that 90th percentile, um, is his team adjusted yards per team attempt. And you can factor that into having some really really pretty decent talented players over his career. Uh, Recently seeing Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, enter the NFL looking like a star off the bat. Um, But he had 0.52 yards per team pass attempt uh, adjusted for team average uh, as well. And that's a 72nd percentile. So even factoring all that in, I mean, he looks on paper and numbers like a really good prospect. He's really good size. I know some people have some concern about his weight. I do think it'll be interesting to see what he weighs in at, uh, you know, the, the next time. I don't know. Is he? I doubt he weighs in at the combine, right? He's still out for a while.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not totally sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so whenever we get his weight, he's, he's listed as 210.
0: I think he could be anywhere between 210 and 218 220 something like that um but i saw someone posting earlier that there's really few comps for someone who's 6 210 and honestly i'm not too concerned at this point based on the numbers that i'm seeing and i think he's gonna be a really good receiver in the nfl
1: absolutely i do wonder are those receiving yards per team pass temp numbers you mentioned are those um like adjusted for the missed games or what
0: yeah, so I I do adjust for missed games in there as well. Uh, if a player is out for a majority of the season, I actually just toss the season. Um, there's still some. It's actually interesting because going back historically, there aren't a ton of prospects that we see who like have like a detrimental ACL tear like before they're coming into the NFL, and so it is tough. For people like myself who are doing this very analytically, to factor in those type of injuries. But as of now, if it's a majority of the season, I'm tossing the season, uh, and then I do adjust based on that injury when it's uh, something a little more like how Drake
1: London's was. On the wrong Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is that this dude only played eight games. I mean the rest of the conference mostly those guys are playing 12 and he was right. still leading the Pac-12 in receptions and receiving yards at the end of the season. Yeah. Like that's incredible. And I mean he was doing it with um you know Kidon Slovis, that quarterback which was a pretty much a failure at USC so right. Really impressive numbers from Drake London.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I know there's some concern about the type of receiver that he is. Um, but as I said, I mean, I feel like the numbers speak for themselves. And I think at the end of the day, he's a good football player. Good football players will find their way on the field and demand targets. So um, I, I don't think you can ask much more at that point.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that that kind of thing sneaks in with me a little bit with the the mold of the wide receiver. These jump ball guys. Um I mean, we talk about guys like Nikhil Harry, J.J. Ortega, whiteside who succeeded doing this in college but didn't succeed in the NFL. None of those guys that are usually mentioned in that conversation are 6'5". Right. <laughs> like, that's been the differentiator for me with London is, like, you're 6'5". Maybe jumping over people is something that can you can do consistently even against NFL talent. So,
0: yeah. You just you just worry it becomes the whole Mike Williams deal where all they're having him do is just run straight down the field, they just throw him a jump ball and then he's just getting crushed by players. That that's the concern there when you're when you're looking at someone like that, but I think he's good enough and if he goes to a good enough situation where they can really utilize his talent, it could be something really great.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Mike Williams put up some fantasy numbers like oh, yeah. this it, season or it took even a new
0: a, offensive coordinator and took a new coach to say, hey, don't just run down the field and we'll just lobby the ball every once in a while. He's actually running. a had a somewhat decent route tree.
1: I mean, even before last season, he had a thousand yard receiving season yeah. and a 10 touchdown season. He just couldn't combine the two into no like one amazing great production. It,
0: no one who rostered yeah. Mike Williams felt this is great.
1: Hey, I felt it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to our next wide receiver, we got Garrett Wilson uh, coming out of Ohio State. He's six foot one ninety two, as per the uh, Buckeye website. Um, I mean, this is a guy who had a great season in twenty twenty, um, obviously in the COVID truncated season. Thirty three percent weighted dominator, three point two one receiving yards per t- team pass attempt, and then twenty twenty one comes around and those numbers dip. Um, I mean, I say they dip, they're still in like very good territory, right? Um, 22% weighted, um, dump. 2.14 receiving yards per team pass attempt. Uh, how do you break down a kind of a dip like that?
0: Yeah. So the majority of what I'm looking at, uh, so I do have some variables that I'm looking at that is that are like their last season, how they produce on their last season. Most of the stuff I like to look at is the average across their entire career. Uh, I know a lot of people really like to see production early. and I think that's where my uh, age adjusted uh, yards per team attempt really comes in uh, because it does factor in their successful performance when they're younger or non-successful performance when they're younger. and you'll start to see that uh, mm-hmm. in those type of numbers. Um, for Garrett Wilson, so I think it's a little unfair because I think there are some really good wide receiver prospects and analytically. In this draft, so all of his numbers in terms of conference adjusted, team adjusted, and age adjusted are all above the sixty-five percent mark. But in my head, I'm looking at all these other players, and I'm like, "eh, that doesn't seem very good." When in reality, it is good, you know. And I know that people in uh, that people who study film really love what he does out there on the field. I I heard his routes are, uh, his route running is very clean. Uh, he has a full route tree. He can do a lot on the field. So pair that with 75th percentile conference adjusted yards per team attempt uh, 68, even with his really talented teammates that he's had over his entire career. I mean, I think they're like nine. wide I heard someone say like nine wide receiver prospects currently in the Ohio state wide receiver room who could be NFL players. And he still has 68th percentile. Uh, yards per team attempt adjusted for team average. Uh, And then 74th percentile for age adjusted yards per team attempt average. I mean, that's still a really good prospect, you know, and combine that with the people who are studying the film. I I mean, I, in his first round draft capital that he's probably going to get, I think he's going to be just as good of a bet to be successful as the other two we've talked about.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talked about how he had so many NFL prospects behind him um you look at ohio state recruiting in the past it's like five star wide receiver four two four star wide receivers next season five star two four stars two five stars two four stars it's like why do you have 20 wide receivers on your roster who are all high four stars because i mean some people think it's a detriment to them because they're making promises to these kids but at the end of the day i mean it just makes it that much more Impressive that a guy really broke out there, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, you you see guys like Jameson Williams, who, you know, prospect coming in. I mean, he transferred from there, right? From yeah. Ohio State. I mean, for that reason. He he did himself a huge favor by doing that. And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if you see a few more of these Ohio State wide receivers start to kind of follow that path with how many they have. Uh, but if you're able to go there and exceed and succeed with you know those type of players that you're also competing for targets with, um, to show that mm-hmm. you're you know your your talent differentiation from those other talented guys. I mean, you you got it. You you're going to be a good player. So yeah. as I said, I think taking all that into account with these type of analytical numbers, even though he had that in quote dip uh, this, this last season. I mean, I I think he has just as good of a bet to be a real successful player as the other two that we've talked about already.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, with the rise of the transfer portal, I mean, just the NCAA allowing these kids to move whenever they want to basically. I mean, this is a story that we're going to see again and again when Mm -hmm. it comes to guys like Jameson Williams jerome ford transferring from alabama to cincinnati um it's just going to become more and more common and in the future looking forward how do you think like analytics are going, going to adjust to that kind of thing
0: yeah that's gonna be a, it's gonna be terrible to be honest because then you're having to start adjusting for multiple teams um because you can't really i mean it's good to be able to, the the good thing about what I'm doing is I'm adjusting for age situation and conference. So when you're doing that, you're still getting kind of a holistic picture of what they're doing comparatively to the rest of their field, to the rest of their team and their, uh, their conference as well. So looking at things on like a single variable is going to be kind of a tough sell when you're looking at just like touches and yards and things like that. But continuing to look at it holistically, kind of like the way that we're talking about now, I think is going to be a continued trend to, uh, you know, see see how that goes.
1: Yeah, and then actually, you know, the guy that's came out fourth in your model is Jamison Williams. So, you know, what makes him so attractive in terms of, um, you know, what, what makes him fourth in that model? Yeah, so... <clears throat>
0: I, I actually don't have my numbers in front of me for him, but yeah. I, <laughs>
1: miscommunication here. With, I missed him on the show sheet, but
0: it's it's all good. Uh, I'll I'll put together a little blurb and put it out after this on Jameson Williams because the the database that I have is very thick, and trying to find him right now <laughs> is not going to be ideal.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's a good thing that our our databases are thick here at the Undroppables with two C's. <laughs> Um, so I think the one guy you are ready to talk about here actually came out sixth in your model, and that's David Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously played at Purdue alongside Rondell Moore for the past two seasons before you know kind of having the spotlight to himself this season. Um, and then similarly to Wilson, we kind of saw a drop in production, even though he should be missing his best teammate, um, and that should, in theory, help him. Um, what what do you think kind of happened there?
0: Yeah, you know the the thing about David Bell <clears throat> is he's se- like he's a really consistent player. It looks like from everything that I'm seeing, he- but he never really had kind of a in in terms of yards per team attempt. And I'm I'm looking at just his best season, adjusting for conference average, which the Big Ten's a very good conference, mind you. Uh, But he only had 0.79 yards per team attempt adjusted for conference, which gets him down to about a 48th percentile for that. Um, So his best season that he had is not technically like a real impressive season when adjusting for conference, but everything else was really consistent. So even though, you know, he may have had a little bit of a dip even without Rondale Moore, I mean, it could be, a factor of there was more pressure that was being put on him from the cornerback perspective, you know, teams were targeting him more because at the end of the day, I mean, he had a 90th percentile yards per team attempt adjusted for team average. So when he's getting that much work in terms of the rest of the team, uh, there's bound to be more players that are, you know, that more teams that are starting to put eyes on him Uh, and, you know, kind of uh, more scheming for him getting the ball. So I'd assume it's something related to that. I think looking at his numbers, I mean, he's above 80th percentile and conference adjusted uh, for his average over his entire career uh, in the 87th percentile for age adjusted. So I think he's going to be a solid player. Um, I think that he doesn't necessarily have that ceiling that other players have uh, from what I'm looking at, but he can be a really consistent, decent wide receiver in the NFL.
1: Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, And then one last, you know, big, big wide receiver I want to talk about, um, who I figured, you know, (laughs) you gave me the list kind of after I made the show sheet. Uh, This was a guy that I kind of assumed would be up near the top. He actually came in at ninth, And that's Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. Um, Obviously, he started at Nebraska. You know, Scott Frost couldn't figure out what to do with this kid. I mean, he knew he was good. He wanted to give him the ball, but he was. Scott Frost can't figure out a lot of things. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, (laughs) it was like, he's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's a slot guy. He's a, I don't know, maybe he's a tight end. But um, yeah, he transferred to Kentucky. Uh, Stoops just threw him out there at wide receiver and let him play. And the dude balled out. Um, How do you break down Wondell Robinson? So one of the things about the model that I sent you, uh,
0: so I do include a uh, mock draft score in there as well. So that's kind of bumping him down a little bit in there. Because analytically, he actually has a really good profile. Um, I mean, his conference average, team average, age average, all above 85 percentile. Um, So, I mean, he has a really good profile. The big concern uh, that a lot of people are talking about is his size. Um, There is a picture of him next to Nick Saban, uh, who is not a tall man. And uh, they are... They are looking eye to eye. Um, so I think wh- what is he listed at in here? 5'11". There's no way. yeah, he, He's going to be 5'8", 5'9". And I, I may get some heat because I, I love Tutu Atwell. It, I, I love him. I, I don't care what anyone says. He he has a very decent prospect profile. He's just very small. So it would be hypocritical for me to say that I'm out on Wondale Robinson because of his size. Um, but... I, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how tall is he uh, when when people are evaluating it, where he's going to get drafted at. I mean, if he comes in at like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, the combine, I mean, he, he may go down quite a bit in terms of where he'll get drafted. Tutu Atwell was the second round pick. You had to have a very specific team and situation for Tutu Atwell to be drafted there. I mean, Sean Sean McVay was a blessing for Tutu
1: Atwell. Ex- I mean, except after he got on the team, apparently. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I laugh. I laugh when you mention Tutu Atwell. But full disclosure, when I was in my first campus to Canton league, he was my <laughs> pick at like two oh one. Thank you. Um, great prospect. I told full you. disclosure. I didn't know how tall he was. I just.
0: <laughs> They didn't right. list it anywhere. You couldn't find it. You just thought, hey, man, this guy looks great.
1: Dang. PFF likes this guy. He's got a lot of receiving yards. He, he, he would be, be
0: such an elite prospect if he was like three inches <laughs> taller.
1: <laughs> or five. Yeah. Yeah. That was... I mean, looking back that draft, I went one 1.12201 to Morion Terry and 2.2 Atwell.
0: I bet you're feeling great.
1: <laughs> Later in the draft... I went Kyle Pitts, and then I got Ramondre Stevenson and Javante Williams back to oh, back. there you go. Like, you, made, you made up for it. I yeah. made up for it. It, and, and it all worked out. 2-2 yeah.
0: two, two, two could still be something. It only, goes, it only goes up from here. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm feeling good about it. I, I just got him in the 28th round of a startup, so I, I don't think it can get much worse.
1: Did you get Daria Agamowale as well?
0: The draft's not over, man. Don't share my secrets.
1: I mean, that's Alvin Kamara right there.
0: <laughs> They're the same player. Um, but yeah, honestly, the the prospect profile in terms, analytically, for Wando Robinson, it, he, it looks really good on paper. So it, it's really just things. The things that are going to drag him down are things that have nothing to do with his on-field performance. And I, I mean, I can't really. I I will speak to that when I put out my actual rankings will, which will include some subjectivity in them. Uh, the the for you know, but just looking at his numbers, I mean, there's nothing that you can really look at and say he's not going to be good.
1: Yeah, and you know, the combine's only a week and a half away. We'll get to figure it out eventually. I know. I'm
0: so excited. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, get, we love seeing men run around in underwear.
0: Yeah, there's nothing better.
1: <laughs> All right, so, you know, those are kind of the, the wide receivers, the big names that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, who else sticks out to you in this class is the next question. But I just saw you tweet, like, two hours ago, the people aren't talking enough about Jalen Tolbert. Yep. Um, here's your floor. Talk about Jalen Tolbert.
0: Yeah, man, so Jalen Tolbert, um, and this is kind of one of the first times I've really taken a look at him. Um, I got a comment from Alfred over at uh, Campus to Canton Group who said there's a lot to talk about with his five years that he's been playing. Um, and, you know, I, so looking at how long a player has played in college is kind of a tricky one for me. Because I think there are a lot of, especially right now, I feel like a lot of players may have stayed an extra year for COVID. Uh, He specifically had an ACL tear very early into his collegiate career. But the thing is, he had, even adjusting for age, uh, you know, in his performance based on a younger age, he still had a very, very strong profile at a young age. It's not like he just, last year, he just exploded. He's been very good throughout his college career. Um, even having played five years. So um, he's above 90th percentile in all of the age-adjusted, team-adjusted, and conference-adjusted yards-per-team attempt. Uh, 6'3", 215 pounds. If he gets that day three draft capital that people are potentially talking about him getting, um, I, I mean, what, what is he going in mock drafts right now, like mid to late second, end of third? People are saying that this draft you don't want a late second early third because it'll die out quick in terms of talent, but I think he has a pretty good probability of being a decent player in the NFL.
1: That's that's interesting that you said his like age adjusted numbers are good because you know what I'm looking at, his second season he went five for 60 and no touchdowns.
0: That's, let me see here. We'll we'll, we'll get back to that. I'll I'll take a look at that number and get back to you on that because the the numbers that I have in front in terms of age adjusted, maybe that season was just thrown out. But I will certainly let you
1: know. All right. I mean, we got we got that live on the show. Um, anyone else that really sticks out to you at wide receiver? Sky
0: Moore definitely. Um, Sky Moore is one of those players a lot of the analytics community really likes. Uh, he also has, you know, well above 90th percentile in all the categories uh, that we mentioned before. He is here to right Corey Davis's wrongs from the uh, Western Michigan uh, wide receiver pr- prospect. Um, it, You know, I, I hate to say that draft capital decides how a player is going to be in the NFL, but you'll see a situation like I, I know it's a little different for running backs, but Elijah Mitchell who a lot of players, even though he had a really great rookie year, a lot of players are discounting him or saying that he has a chance to be replaced because of his bad draft capital. And you'll kind of get that uneasiness in a player for how late they are drafted and their ability to be replaced at that point. So Sky Moore can get that, you know, decent draft capital when looking at this, I think he has a good possibility to at least get the opportunity to prove himself in the NFL.
1: I mean, I hear people talk about that with Sky Moore. My personal opinion is that like, there's no issue. Like we saw Dwayne Eskridge last season, his teammate who he outperformed for multiple seasons go in the second round. Like, why aren't we assuming Sky Moore gets, you know, second or third round draft capital um, is silly to me. I think he's a lock for the third round um, at least, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in April. Um, obviously, he can, you know, bump up those numbers with uh, some good athletic testing at the combine, and I think he's the type of guy who can run really fast. So,
0: by the way, for clarification on my Jalen Tolbert discussion, uh, I am only accounting for his last three years.
1: Okay. Okay. There we go. So, ages uh,
0: twenty through twenty-two.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he must've been very young going into um, college then because he had two seasons before that. So, yeah, I mean, that helps him as well. I mean, if he's still only 23 next season coming off of five years in school, that's um, pretty young for five years in school.
0: You you mean you see players that are entering the NFL at like 24, you know? Yeah. So him, you know, even though he played five years, he is still only 22 entering the NFL. So,
1: yeah, or if you were like Simi Fihoko, then you're 26 or something. But.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Good old Mormons. Um, all right, well, I think we we'll, can move on to some running backs now. Um, we talked about kind of what you put into your wide receiver model. So what do you kind of put into your running back model? So it's
0: going to be a lot of the same stuff. So running, the thing that's important about running backs is that they are getting a good amount of yards on the total team offense. And the thing that's a little different about them is they can get both receiving and rushing yards. So you really need to account for both. Um, When it comes to looking at a prospect, I actually uh, weight passing yards. Uh, So I pretty much have the weight of passing yards at like 1.5 compared to rushing yards at one, at just a solid one. So when I'm talking about weighted yards per team attempt, that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting. I'm putting more emphasis on the passing yards that they're receiving, uh, rather than the just straight rushing yards, and keeping that as a even yards for one another. So I'm I'm looking at weighted yards per team attempt total. Uh, I'm looking at uh, weighting it for their team as well. So adjusting it for team total. And then I'm also looking at it uh, at experience, so their age as well. So kind of a similar thing. I don't take conference into as much of account when I'm looking at running backs. Uh, I'm really just looking at their their weighted total, uh, their age adjusted essentially, and their team adjusted um, for the running back.
1: All right. Let's say you had you know no spreadsheets, nothing ready. You had a calculator though. Um, and you have like a minute to evaluate a running back stats. What what are you going to look at really quickly?
0: Yeah, so that, I mean that that's just the the quick ones that I'm looking at. Um, honestly, some people can you can make a pretty decent model for running backs based on draft capital and their weight adjusted speed score. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the the thing that's funny about running backs is there's such a thin line between who's going to be good and who's not like you'll, you'll see all the time in the NFL, the starter is going to go down and then you immediately go and pick up the backup running back off of waivers. And they end up being a league winner because that running back is still good. You know, like the, the difference between the guy who's drafted and like the second round and guys who will never get a shot in the NFL is actually very thin in terms of their talent margin. Um, and we, we talk about this a lot that running back doesn't matter. Um, because at the end of the day, the differential between who is your backup and how they're going to perform really at the end, of the, for the most part, isn't going to be too different. So uh, looking at draft capital, looking at weight adjusted speed score, and then looking at the players who are getting the market share of their team's attempts and looking at that by how old they are and how successful they are at a younger age uh, is going to be the best way for you to do this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you talked about way to just speed score. Um, how much does size matter at running back?
0: So size matters to a certain extent, right? It depends. What, what do you want your running back to do? I mean, are you looking for your running back to be a three down back, which isn't really a thing in the NFL anymore? Um, I mean, are, at the end of the day, I mean, you're seeing guys who are 195 pounds being able to, you know, carry a decent amount of workload because they have a decent BMI. You know, I, I think there's a lot that goes into size. Um, but really the only thing that matters to me is, I mean, if, if you're expecting your sub 200 pound guy to be a three down back, then you're fooling yourself on that. Um, but if, if you're looking for a guy under 200 pounds, you want them to be a pass catcher. If they're going to be above that in a potential workhorse, you want them to have a good weight adjusted speed score. That's I mean that that's the deepest that I'm gonna go into that is you know, obviously I'd love my all my running backs to be 220 pounds, run a 90th percentile weight adjusted speed score, and be able to catch all the passes in the world, but you know, it different running backs have different skill sets.
1: Well, there can only be one Ramondre Stevenson. So right.
0: yeah, it's pretty only much know. what you just
1: described. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Except he's 240 pounds.
1: Yeah, but he's really fast for his 240 pounds. He really Um, is. So um, (laughs) looking at your model, you actually, I mean, well, you don't have a hot take, but the model has a hot take. Yes. Um, (laughs) The model spit out Rashad White, Arizona State running back, as number one ahead of Brees Hall, Um, you know, what made the model do that, I guess?
0: I, I, I actually disagree with this. Uh, the 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 model, it, it needs a stern talking to about this. <laughs> is Brees Hall is far and away the running back one in this class, and it's not even a little bit close. But Rashad White did have some really impressive numbers. His, his involvement in the passing game was insane over at Arizona State. I mean, he had 2.8 weighted yards per team pass attempt in his final year there, which is, it is the bar for the percentile. It is at the 99th percentile for that score Um, for his team adjusted yards per team attempt. He's at the 94th percentile experience adjusted yards per team attempt. He's at the 93rd percentile. Um, He's he, in terms of his numbers, I know there's some concerns about him being a Juco transfer Uh, him being older, uh, 23 years old, you know, I, I think, People have been really scouring the internet to try and find his age. I think we have it nailed down at 23 years old. Um, he, In terms of his numbers, he looks like he could right the wrongs of all Arizona State running backs in the past of Eno Benjamin and Kalen Bolage that we are all scared of um, over the last few years. So I, I think he is, um, I, I do think he's going to be a really good player in the NFL should he be able to get that Higher draft capital, uh, but I mean, regardless of the draft capital, I think he has the potential to be a good player. And he came in at the Senior Bowl closer to like at six foot 215, 210 something like that, which is way better than what his college yeah. listing was.
1: I was six terrified. six foot half an inch and two ten.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think his college profile had him at like six three, two hundred five, or something. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm much happier with his uh, measurables from the Senior Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. I mean, Rashad White is a guy who, like, jumps off the page for me, um, whether it be, you know, looking at stats, looking at film. Um, I haven't totally graded everyone yet, but Brees Hall came out as about, like, 90% and Rashad White 86%, which is second for now. Um, I, I've done most of the good players. I don't think anyone's going to jump Rashad White, so um, I'm pretty confident with saying that he's – pretty darn good yeah um but like you did mention he is five years removed from high school at this point um a juco transfer um do you think you know those three years at juco kind of made him like more physically advanced than his teammates or his competition or anything like that does any of that kind of worry you
0: i mean the thing is it's definitely a possibility um but there are also other players who are that age who have been around that long, who are not that dominant in on their team, in their conference. Um, so, I mean, he's a good player and good players will find their way into the NFL. Um, and so I, th- th- at the end of the day, there is con- some concern and it probably will be factored in when, especially when you're looking at dynasty rankings and you see the age apex is 26 um, you know, for running backs before you kind of start to see more of a decline. It looks like it's getting a little older now with some different, uh, you know, the way that players are taking care of their bodies and stuff. But it still scares you when you have potential to draft 21, 20, you know, 20, 21-year-old running backs who may get higher draft capital. So I understand the concern there. But when you're looking at it purely from an analytical standpoint and what this guy has and seeing some of his highlights too, I mean, he, he can really explode
1: yeah and the and those teammates that he was going up against for uh carries and targets and things like that they weren't bad players i mean we see like some other guys will mention like a tyler algier type who played with you know two-star running backs with him um you know rashad white was playing alongside diamante Trainum, who was like a top 15 running back in his class yeah. um, daniel and who who um, who has been very efficient, um, and limited carries. So, um, white outperformed both those guys. I think he's really impressive. Obviously you do as well, but the guy we both agree on being the locked in RB one is Brees hall. What makes him so special?
0: Dude, I, I love him. And you know, he's, <clears throat> he's been so good throughout his entire career at Iowa state. Um, every single one of the, you know, weight for a guy that size and being able to be involved in the passing game too, as he is in the rushing game, uh, his weighted yards per team attempt is 2.2 yards per team attempt, which is the 94th percentile Uh, adjusted for team uh, for his, for the team involvement as well. uh, Still puts him at 91st percentile uh, and his age adjusted uh, over the average of his career is in the 92nd percentile. I mean, for a guy who's probably going to get second round draft capital, um, having those high of numbers puts him in some pretty elite territory in terms of a prospect. Um, I, I'm not very high on this running back class as a whole. I, I am a little scared off by a lot of these players, uh, but Brees Hall feels like the most sure. I mean, he feels uh, I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be one of the most elite prospects like coming in uh, when he was drafted. I mean, I'm not saying Brees Hall is going to be, that good because I don't think he's going to be that good but in terms of is he going to hit in the NFL uh, it feels as sure of a thing as Jonathan Taylor was when he came in for me
1: yeah I think that's a high praise for sure for Hall and you know just the narrative in my opinion just kind of watching I mean, we saw this dude break out as a freshman. Everybody was all like, oh, my goodness. Brees Hall is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then he had two great seasons after that. And now it seems the narrative has switched to the 2022 class is bad. People are Therefore, bored. Therefore, Brees Hall is bad. Yeah. It's like people, people are, are bored of Brees him. Hall. Yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, Behan Robinson or Travion Henderson. Henderson yeah. yeah. But, like, Brees Hall has been this – same level of production as these two guys for the past two seasons. Yeah. Um, Absolutely killing it. And I think even myself, I've like fallen behind and I've been like, oh, well, Brees Hall, he's the RB1 in this class, but that doesn't mean he's good. But who
0: but, cares? You yeah. Know? <laughs> I think
1: I, I, I'm starting to turn around. I think he is really, really freaking good. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I took him in the in the mock draft that we're working on. I took him at the 101. Because I, I think that, as I said, he, he is as much of a sure thing to me as I, I can think of in this class. And, you know, I, so I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be really, really good in the NFL. And I think you should just roll with that and, you know, put him at one and then start figuring out the rest of the running back ranks after that.
1: Oh, for a running back, that is absolutely for certain. I yeah. mean, and I don't think very many people are going to disagree with you. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to those people in a few few yeah. minutes here <laughs> um but next up in the model was number three Tyler Algier uh, out of BYU former linebacker quite the story there um, what do what I think there's a lot to like analytically I mean um, he outperformed his teammates he has the size you want he's 511 220 um, at least in theory yeah um, <laughs> What yeah. differentiates Algier kind of from other guys in this class?
0: Yeah, so I actually threw you a little bit of a curveball on this because I made a typo in the rankings that I sent you. And he is not nearly as high in the uh, the actual rankings here. So his last season and ended up pretty good. So he had two yards per team pass attempt when you're when, waiting – for passing yards as well. And that puts him in a 62nd percentile. So his last season was really good. And, but when you're looking at the other stats and most of these are weighted for average throughout his career. So he's at a little bit of a disadvantage for, you know, changing positions and some other things going on, but he, for uh, his entire playing career has him at 1.1 weighted yards per team pass attempt, which is 26th percentile. Uh, negative 0.2 team adjusted uh, which if you're in the negatives it's not a great thing that means that your teammates are outperforming you on a per carry basis Uh, this is actually one of the things noah hills noah more parties really likes to look at is how a player does comparatively to uh, their teammates he does a yards per carry plus uh, that looks at the difference between what a player's yards per carry is compared to Uh, what their teammates yards per carry are. So you can take a look at efficiency that way. Um, But him being at a negative 0.2 team adjusted puts him in the 12th percentile and then experience adjusted uh, puts him at uh, the 12th percentile as well. So um, there's definitely some concerns on Tyler Algier. I know some people really like him. He's, he's big. He's probably going to be fast. He can catch the ball. He'll probably be, well, I, I don't know at this point. I mean, He'll probably be a third round pick, um, maybe a little bit later, the fourth round, something around there. Um, so I think he's going to be a situation where if he gets a chance, he'll probably look good on the field because he's big and fast. And sometimes that's all you need to be good in the NFL. But his analytical profile in terms of the average throughout his career isn't what you're, you'd want to look at. If you're looking at purely last year stats, it does look very good. And so maybe it's one of those deals where he's learning to play the position a little more and that'll just continue to grow. But looking at his uh, career in college, it's a little concerning.
1: That's that's definitely interesting because you mentioned Noah and his work. And I mean, I've been you know addicted to reading these things that yeah. he puts out. Um, and going back to Algiers, he mentions that he was a full two yards per carry uh, better than his teammates in yards per carry plus. Uh, which would be 92nd percentile All right? Um, yards per carry plus. So, I mean, obviously lots of different numbers we're looking at. Um, some some of them like Tyler Alger, some of them don't. So yeah. um, I mean, that's the ambiguity of scouting in general. I mean, right. we're always going to have differing opinions. We're always going to have uh, numbers that are sometimes different, sometimes the same. Um, and that's, you know, what makes this whole process so fun.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um. Oh, I lost my so sheet. I accidentally clicked too high. Oh goodness! Now we're all out of whack. Okay. No, I still clicked on the wrong thing. Where did it go? Okay. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Standby. Everything is breaking. <laughs> um. I did mention that we were going to talk about you know the some, some of these people who don't want to put Brees Hall at RB one, um, and. You know, most, like probably 90% of the people I've seen who don't have Brees Hall at RB1 have Isaiah Spiller at RB1. Um, But analytically, I've seen some things that are really scary. Um, What would you kind of say about Spiller?
0: Spiller is a difficult case because he started his college career really strong. And he looked like he was going to be a very good prospect. But his uh, yards per team attempt, his expected rushing yards uh, throughout his college career really dropped as the years continued on. I mean, he just had a this last season a 32nd percentile in adjusted yards per team attempt for this last season, which is not good. But if you want to take the average over his career, it looks pretty good. Everything is above the 65th percentile when you're looking at weighted yards per team attempt, team adjusted, and experience adjusted. But when you started to look at this last year and the year before that, um, it, it, it's looking a little more dire when you're trying to compare prospects that way.
1: Uh, the, I, the dogs are barking a little bit for Blake. Don't worry about it too much. Um, okay. Sorry yeah. about that no it's all good i mean we we love you know our uh, furry friends on the university podcast Um, (laughs) but yeah spiller i mean he's 6'1 215 super athletic um has shown he can catch passes there are definitely things like on the surface level that are so um you know tempting but I mean, you look at things like, like you said, um, and then I saw a tweet from Jerick Backus today, who meant, who mentioned his rushing yards over expected, and you know had the graph of his cumulative rushing yards over expected, and that right. thing, you know, starts at zero and it just goes negative just his entire that. career. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's concerning. Um, I don't know. What do you do with Spiller?
0: At the end of the day, he's probably going to get draft capital. He's a big guy. He's probably going to run a pretty good 40. Um, if you want to talk about his talent differentiation compared to the rest of the class, I don't think he necessarily has that in terms of what his numbers say. But he will probably get in a pretty good situation. and He'll probably end up being a decent running back in terms of NFL production and fantasy football production. And that's that's kind of what you have to end up looking at. Uh, in in that perspective. I mean, if you want to compare talent profiles of players, he's probably not in the top four for me uh, when when you're looking at RB talent profile. But as I said, he's he's a big running back. He's probably going to get the opportunity. He's probably going to get the draft capital. And you have to take that information, even if you don't think that they're going, they're the most talented running back. Because as I said before, the actual talent differentiation between the best running back and the guy who is not going to play down in the NFL isn't nearly as big as most of the other positions in the NFL.
1: But, but would it be worrying that like if Spiller were to miss time or to just have another guy working with him, that he could outshine because he is slightly more that this other guy could outshine Spiller because he is not as talented. Is yeah, that I mean, that, that, that's the
0: concern, right? I mean, the, the concern is that he doesn't take on a full workload. Hold on, my dogs are going crazy. Um, the, the the concern is that he doesn't get the full workload, right? He's a big running back, 6'1", 215 is what we have listed here uh, for him. And you'd hope that when you're drafting Isaiah Spiller, probably where you're going to draft him, he's going to be a potential three-down running back. But is he talented enough to warrant that type of workload? I don't necessarily think so. So I think he'll probably end up being a, in a committee um, that, and you don't want that when if you're talking non-superflex leagues, you're probably going to draft him as a top five, six pick, most exactly. likely in leagues. And I, I think I'm going to be staying away uh, for the most part when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. I mean, there's a place for shots on players. And I mean, I don't think taking the shot on Spiller where he is right now is worth it. So, yeah, um, absolutely agree. Uh, moving on. We talked about running back size uh, um, in the past. And you said, you know, these smaller guys, you want them to catch passes. So here's a smaller guy who catches passes straight out of Notre Dame. Uh, Kyron Williams. He's listed at five, nine, one ninety nine. Um you know, one ninety-nine might be a little bit gratuitous from Notre Dame. So um obviously we'll see in March. Yeah. Um, but do you think Williams can be a true three down back? A, a true three down back? No. No. What about what about like a uh a, a third down back disguised as a three my, down back? My,
0: my my best my best comp for him is uh James White, and I think he's going to get better draft capital than james white got when when he came into the nfl um i I, if he he, honestly i think it's going to be a bit more situational based if if a team can really focus in on him being the third down guy getting the passing like getting a good amount of passing work getting a good target because he is a really good pass catcher i mean he had 2.1 weighted yards per team attempt uh, over his career that puts him in an 89th percentile. And that's not because of his rushing yards. You know, I mean, he was a good rusher, but he's also a very good pass catcher as well. Um, and so I think if he gets in the right situation, he's going to be a really good fantasy asset. I don't think I would look at this and think, man, he has the potential to be a three down back, uh, in, in the NFL. Cause I, I don't think that's realistic, um, at, at his size. Uh, but I think what his role in the NFL is going to be very uh, palatable for fantasy football.
1: So what separates um, Kyron Williams from a guy like Austin Eckler?
0: You know, it's a great question uh, when you're looking at that. I mean, what is Austin Eckler's BMI? I mean, he's a pretty.
1: He's listed as 5'10", 200.
0: Okay. I mean, look up BMI real fast.
1: I want to say that's like 28 and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's only a 34th percentile BMI. I mean, but this is kind of what we talked about before, right? We talk about the size and the speed when it's not necessarily that you have to use it verbatim, but when you start to stray away from what is actual data, so we don't have a lot of players like Austin Eckler who have done this in the NFL, right? He's considered an outlier. And Absolutely. I don't necessarily want to bet on outliers. So, at the end of the day, there could be nothing. When, when you're questioning, what's the difference between the two? The other thing, but at that point, outlier for him to be a three down running back. And I'm, I'm not betting on that. But as I said, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he does have a rushing skill set, but I do think he's very good, very competent in the passing game. And he could be a very good NFL asset and fantasy football asset because of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look up outlier at running back, I mean, Austin Eckman might as well be the picture. This is a guy who's undrafted, didn't get invited to Combine, um, smaller back, and has been absolutely incredibly successful. So I think everything you say is correct. Um, And so we'll go ahead and move on to Kenneth Walker uh, out of Michigan State. He's listed at 5'10", 210, Um, very solid numbers there. And he's been a favorite of many after, you know, a breakout season following his transfer from Wake Forest up to Michigan State, Um, you know, but at least what you sent me, he's sixth. Um, You know, what kind of knocks him down there for you and for your model?
0: Yeah. So it's kind of the average throughout his career of weighted yards per team attempt. And really those passing yards or his lack of passing yards weighs him down there. It puts him in the 42nd percentile. Uh, for weighted yards per team attempt. Um, I, I think in terms of a like pure rusher, I think he's probably one of the best in the class. But you do have to have a little bit of concern about his uh, receiving work that he had, whether that's because that just wasn't part of the scheme or it wasn't, uh, you know, just a part of his skill set, I, I don't think we'll know at this point, but when you look at all the other prospects, you know, they, they, or at least those towards the top, they did have good pass catching productivity. You can project them to have a decent pass catching share in the NFL because of their productivity. When you're looking at Kenneth Walker, I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I, people are going back and looking at his high school highlights and showing what kind of hands he has in high school. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back and look at high school numbers for it. He didn't catch passes in college. I can't extrapolate that out to say he's going to get past uh, like, receiving work in the nfl so i don't really know what to do with that at this point so that's that's kind of where i'm at with it
1: yeah he had 19 receptions over three years of college right um i mean just like the 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 dumb number to throw out is you need 20 receptions in a single season yeah. um so definitely concerning but you do kind of look back at wake forest i mean so Wake Forest has about, like, the least NFL-like offense ever, other right. than, like, you know, the service <laughs> academies. Because, you know, the quarterback's going to take the ball, he's going to put it in the running back's chest, and it's going to stay there for, like, 10 seconds. Right. Um. Obviously hyperbole. But yeah. after that, I mean, there's no throwing it to the running back because he's, you know, right in front of you. Why would you throw it to him? Yeah. I mean, so, like, running backs combined – in um, Walker's freshman season had like a combined 12 receptions at Wake Forest. Um, You know, the guy who took over the job this year, Christian Bill Smith had nine receptions last season. Um, So I, I understand why people want to make excuses for it because there's the excuse. I mean, Wake Forest doesn't throw it to the running back. Um, But you, you figure like these teams are going to make exceptions to right. get their rest players the and, ball. And,
0: and that's, that's what I, that's what I was just thinking. I was about to say is that, I mean, if he's good in the, in a pass catching role, they'll like line him up out wide. They'll put him in the slot. They'll do something with him so that he can be involved in the passing role. If you were, if you were a good player that deserves targets and I mean, I don't want to underestimate the incompetence of some college programs, but you would think that if he was that good at it and deserved to be in the passing game, they would figure out a way to get him the ball. And that's kind of what that weighted yards per team attempt is intended to do is if, if you're a running back and you deserve to get pass catching work as well, if you're a running back, you should have a good share of your, of your team's total yards. If you are a good NFL prospect, so it's definitely a concern and I don't really, I can't really sit here and say that he's going to be a good pass catcher in the NFL based on his line of work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that pretty much wraps up all of like the big running backs I had ready for us to talk about. Um, but I did want to talk about one player who you hyped up, you know, earlier in the off season. Um, I'm, I got a little excited about, you know, he's been a roller coaster for me, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Sincere McCormick. Um, he ended up in the model you sent me at 11th. So, you know, what, what gives? So, in,
0: I mean, honestly, in terms of uh, the, the three items, you know, there are obviously other variables in the model outside of what we're talking about these are just the biggest influencers in my opinion of what I'm looking at before I start building out this model, but he has some really good numbers. I mean, he, and you would hope so for a small school guy, when you're looking at these type of prospects, they need to like totally dominate their team's offensive production. So, and, and he does just that being in the 88th percentile of weighted team yards or yards per team attempt, uh, his team adjusted yards per team attempt is the 92nd percentile experience adjusted yards per team attempt is in the 92nd percentile. Um, So, I mean, he, he has really good numbers in terms of when you're looking at yards per team attempt, there is some concern about how much passing work he got. I mean, but they did line him out in the slot quite a bit. It it looks like he just didn't end up getting like, you would hope for a small school guy who could potentially catch passes that they would figure out a way to get him the ball as a receiver more often than not. So there's a little bit of concern there. I actually think he's going to end up being a, I mean, I think he's a pretty good talent. I just worry about like, where is he, end up. He where is he going to end up getting drafted? You know? I mean, I think he has the potential of being like an Elijah Mitchell type player where he gets some pretty low draft capital. People look at his size um and you know kind of discount him but he could go to the right situation um like a miami or something like that and could be the elijah mitchell for the miami dolphins or something along those lines
1: yeah literally i mean same offensive coordinator and everything right Uh, so yeah i think i think that's um a great breakdown of mccormick um is there a running back that you think you know the fantasy football community just isn't talking about enough?
0: You know, the running backs, they're, they're kind of tough this year because I think there's some there's a decent player at the top. I, I think Rashad White is my obviously my main pick. I, I think that people are going to end up being too low on him. You've already seen him start to rise up draft boards. The mock draft uh, website that I'm looking at has already raised him about 20 picks since the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, he's already rising in terms of his draft capital. Another one that I'm really interested in and I'm starting to look more into, I've seen some really smart people talk highly about him, is Tyler Beatty. Is that how you pronounce it? Batty? Beatty? I think it's Beatty. Beatty. Um, So, over his entire career, it's not the greatest looking thing in the world, but last season – Um, I mean, he had a 91st percentile in adjusted yards per team attempt. And then he also had a 91st percentile in experience adjusted yards per team attempt. So even though he was later into his career, when you're still adjusting that for his age, it is a really successful season. Uh, I know some people, I I don't know where he's going to end up in the draft, but uh, the only person that has a higher adjusted yards per team attempt in their last season was Rashad White um no other player that I'm, I'm looking at the only other player in the last couple years that has had that uh high of an adjusted yards per team attempt in Samson their last season is Najee Harris and Kenny Gainwell so i mean i'm not saying it's going to happen but his num like his numbers in last season say that he could end up being a pretty good player
1: yeah i mean just last season you know 1600 rushing yards 54 receptions um and, you know, on the surface level, like Tyler Tyler Beatty stuck out to me as well because I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, this could be a good player that nobody's talking about. And obviously, he went to the Senior Bowl and he got some good reviews at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about like teammate score in college, you know, teammate score at the Senior Bowl wasn't very good this season.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: for running backs at least. He's playing
0: with Rashad White though. I think they were yeah. on the same team. Rashad
1: White and then other players who yeah play uh, Damian
0: Pierce people seem to really like Damian Pierce I'm not a fan but people I mean, seem, and to and like well. seem to like him
1: as well like him so that's not a good sign um yeah but I mean so yeah that all encouraged me to like break down Beatty you know look look deeper um I went to the film I wasn't impressed not impressed like, no I mean the fifty-four. 54- <laughs> you know you're like oh this guy's gonna be a third down back he's gonna catch so many passes and he does catch a lot of passes but it's because the rest of the offense is garbage and none of the wide receivers are ever open
0: yeah so it was like the the Leonard Fournette corollary when he was in Jacksonville where he got like 100 targets but it was only because there was literally no one else to throw it to and it's kind of what it
1: looked like and to me like I look for players who catch the ball outside of their bodies, right? Like with their hands and he looked like he was catching it with his body most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so uh I don't mean to like rain on the parade. No, of Tyler-
0: this, this is not, this, but- dude. I mean, as I said, there are some good players at the top, like five running backs. I mean, I'm not saying they're all going to hit, but they look like pretty decent prospects after that. I mean, we talked about Noah Hills earlier. He did a randomizer to make his running back scores on a That's YouTube video. Might as, you might as well just do that. I mean, Jerome Ford, he looks like he's going to end up being pretty good. His numbers looked good his last season, very average across his career. Um, you know. But you can just put a randomizer. On, you could just take draft capital and just slap the rankings that way, however they get drafted and call that a day. Yeah. It, it's going to be tough to differentiate them. After the first five or six,
1: yeah. And I mean, the other thing about Beatty, uh, real quick after that, I mean, his junior season he had 28 receptions for 333 yards. His senior season he had 54 receptions for 330 yards.
0: Gotta love that non-efficient receiving work.
1: I mean, it (laughs) was literally just like the only way Missouri could move the ball at all. So yeah, I I mean. That could be a good sign. Like, if you're the only player that, on a team that, um, that can move the ball, that's that means you're usually good. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely an enigma wrapped in a wrapped in a question there.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: which running back, on the other on the other hand, has taken too much of our time? Uh, just should not have never been talked about, but yeah, we still talked about him. As I said, man. I mean, well. <laughs>
0: It's it's funny, I, I I think Brian Robinson is not good. I, I do not think he's a good running back. I get why people are intrigued by by him and he had to play with some other decent players, but I mean, his numbers over his career, I mean, it, it's just not good. And I, I don't care where you play, if you're good, you're gonna get opportunity to to play. And I mean, even his last season where people are saying, oh, he did really well his last season. I mean, he still only had 1.9 adjusted yards per team attempt, which puts him at the 48th percentile. So even in his starstruck last year, I mean, when you're looking at a number as simple as adjusted yards per team attempt, he's still below the 50th percentile mark. He's probably going to get some third round draft capital because some guy, some scout sees a 230, 240 pound running back sees a guy who can potentially pass block really well and they want to establish the run with a guy that large. But I mean, his numbers just say that he's not a good running back and he's really inefficient with his touches too.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he's a guy who, you know, wore red in college and didn't have a logo on the side of his helmet. Um, People love some Alabama players. Yeah. Um, Luckily, John Gruden's not in the league anymore or else, you know, Brian Robinson would be gone in the first round.
0: Jameson Williams, uh Brian Robinson to the Raiders, if Gruden was still there.
1: Oh my goodness. But yeah. Alex Leatherwood, Cleveland Farrell, like what? Just <laughs> the if, whole game. If that guy played in the college football playoff, he's gonna be on my team. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I mean further context to the Robinson situation. I mean that I think a lot of people who, you know, are just looking at this now don't necessarily have is that Jace McClellan was this five-star running back who was a sophomore last season, maybe a freshman, um, but expected to do well and, you know, showed some flashes when he was healthy. And then he went down and that's kind of when, you know, Robinson went from just being like the one A to being the one. And that's I think that's a big reason why he had so much production last season. Uh, And I don't think we'd be talking about him near the same way if the rest of his teammates stayed healthy. So yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Robinson, not necessarily someone we need to talk about very much and somebody who, you know, maybe we're talking about too much already. Um, So, you know, that'll do us for today. I mean, like we said, we're not going to get into those quarterbacks and tight ends boring and too difficult. Um, (laughs)
0: especially right now yeah there's there's still information being gathered and i'm sure we'll get to something in a month or two but right now it's
1: not there yeah but i did have one more thing to ask you about and i normally like want to do this but somebody adam hutchinson the um uh replied to one of my tweets and was like ask him about paris campbell and then earlier today he called me cute So I'm going to ask ask this question, what about Paris Campbell?
0: I I hate Adam. I hate Adam and I dislike Paris Campbell. Um the the thing is, and I I go against my two two my two two at well thing every single time, I feel like. But when a play regardless of if it's injury or not, when a player doesn't play their rookie season, And they get as few as snaps as Paris Campbell gets. They become an outlier going forward of a productive NFL wide receiver, regardless of what you saw, you know, the very short time last year, because he looked like he could have potentially become something decent, but then he got injured again. And you, as I said, regardless of situation, what happens, why, there's not very good historical information for players producing thereafter. And Adam loves Paris Campbell and texts me about it like weekly, except earlier this year when he said, I think Paris Campbell is dead. So I I think that we're, we're all, everyone's getting close to the realization. I think I saw him going like the 21st, 22nd round of a startup. So I think we're finally getting close to where his value is. Um, I am, I am, I'm just not a big fan. Paris Campbell. (sighs) I I put out a poll earlier of who would you rather have in Dynasty, Daria Gumbuale or Paris Campbell. And like 90% of the people still want Paris Campbell. Daria Gumbuale won people leagues last year. What are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think you Daria and Gumbuale could start week one because James Robinson and Travis Etienne are both still hurt.
0: They, they, see, you guys are everyone is discounting the Jaguars' running back one and saying they would rather have Paris Campbell over that. They're
1: just fools. Um, <laughs> I saw in the chat of the stream that Michael Duncan said, "Live react to the USFL draft, or you're a coward." <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't so, go- I didn't even know I didn't even know was going on tonight. <laughs> so, really quickly, I open this up. Um, okay. Kind of like the XFL draft, if you remember. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's the, the rounds are by position. So okay. the first round was quarterbacks only. Okay. Um, the Michigan Panthers started out with Shea Patterson.
0: No freaking way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> first off the board, Shea Patterson uh, joining uh, Jeff Fisher in Michigan, I believe. Um,
0: You know it's going to be a good league when he's the one one
1: yeah, the 102, also a former Ole Miss quarterback, Jordan Ta'amu, uh, going to the Tampa Bay Bandits. He is going
0: to make his living off of these little side hustle <laughs> football <laughs>
1: leagues that are coming up. Oh, goodness. Uh, too bad Philip Walker couldn't join him again. Oh, man. Um, the Philadelphia Stars, which Michael Duncan just said, Phil, go Philadelphia Stars. Um, in the first round of the draft, they drafted a guy. I bet Michael Duncan has no clue who he is. His name is Brian Scott from Occidental College. That is totally a made-up person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brian Scott from Occidental College. That is like a creative player
1: the in, box, the box in NCAA
0: for- 14 or
1: whatever the- year that the Fox Sports page says, Byron, Brian Scott is the Aaron Rodgers of Division Three <laughs> football. I'm, I'm going to watch it now. Let's go Stars. He attended USC's Pro Day in 2017, where... In USC's Pro Day, he went 62 for 64 with one drop. <laughs> with no defense or what? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pro day. Who knows? But he, he played in the Canadian Football League for the BC Lions uh, for the past two or three years. Um, he's 26. So here we go. Okay. Uh, A centerpiece for the Philadelphia Stars to build around.
0: Yeah, good good for Um, them. They're looking good already with the Aaron Rodgers.
1: (laughs) The D3 football. Yeah. Ooh, here we go. (laughs) The New Jersey Generals at number four picked Ben Holmes, a 5'10", 200-pound quarterback from Tarleton (laughs) State, who initially started at wide receiver in high school and junior college. Before switching to quarterback at Tarleton State University. Dude,
0: they they had they had much more talent in the XFL. Yeah. It, this isn't good. It, like just hearing these names, that's not great.
1: Clayton Thorson went number five to the game. I camp don't know board. who that is. He was a fifth round pick by the Eagles in 2019.
0: Man, Philadelphia is just running this league. <laughs>
1: He played for uh, Northwestern in college.
0: Oh. oh, I do know who that is now. Now that you would say Northwestern, I, I always know those Riley Northwestern quarterbacks who always randomly get a shot and never do anything.
1: And then our sixth round, our six, number six pick was Alex McGow, McGow, Florida International, seventh round pick of the Seahawks in twenty eighteen. Okay, and then seven and eighth, we go back to back. Kyle's. Uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers took Kyle Laletta. Ooh, who, uh, the Spiders. Yeah, former. Back up. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl in 2018. That's just
0: not shocking.
1: <laughs> That's a stat. Um, and then, last but not least, the New Orleans Breakers went Kyle Sloter from. Morgan oh, Sloter time. Denver.
0: He was pretty good, though. Like, if he would have been given a chance, he could have done something as a backup. So, here's his Man, he slipped to the 10th overall?
1: Eighth. Eighth. The, last, the eighth. last quarterback taken in the first round.
0: Well, taking the Aaron Rodgers of D3 over Slaughter are going to be very disappointed.
1: <laughs> um, I don't really want to talk about the rest of this draft other than the quarterbacks, because I don't see any names I re- I recognize. Oh, yeah. uh, yikes. Okay. There's one guy named Michael Scott, but it's not (laughs) also made up. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I I think that'll do us for today. Um, We've been all over the place. um, But Blake, tell the good people where they could find you.
0: Yeah, you can find me. uh, All my writing and work at The Undroppables, working on a few things behind the scenes too. Uh, But you can find me on Twitter at
1: Blake A. Hampton uh, for everything I'm doing on there. All right. Absolutely. Um, Thrilled to have you on. Thrilled to bring the podcast back. Thank you for coming on. Um, I will see you guys.